So I'm speaking with composer uh, James S. Levine, who has been behind some of the biggest shows on television, including American Horror Story, Rizzoli and Isles, Glee, Nip Tuck, The Closer, and many, many more. He has composed fantastic scores to films such as uh, Running With Scissors, and as well as co-writing The Weatherman with Hans Zimmer back, uh, back in the day with Gore Verbinski. Uh, Jimmy, thanks so much for uh, speaking today. Thank you so much for having me. So to start off, I would love to know um, how you got started in music, kind of what was the initial uh, interest to you, and what... At what point did you decide to focus on the path for uh, film and TV scoring? Uh, well, I started out playing piano when I was a little kid. I kind of asked and asked for piano lessons and finally got them by the time I was nine. And then it just sort of was something that I really fell in love with and was very passionate about very early on. Um, at that time, I sort of played what a company my sister was a singer choirs and do musicals and then I started writing music at the same time writing songs and um, I started thinking about music for picture probably around the time I was in college and then um, pursued some people I knew who were working in I grew up in Boston and I, I pursued some friends of mine who were doing advertising work and I did some commercials and I loved it and then I came out here and just sort of on a fact-finding mission uh, when I was like 20 and met some people that were doing this and was like that's what I got to do that's kind of it <laughs> Yeah. Um, what, what kind of uh, I mean, what kind of music were you listening to growing up, or composers, or musicians, or genres? What were really kind of like uh, I guess appealing to you and, and their style? I mean, I a lot of I had a really eclectic background. I I did a lot of musicals, like traditional musicals, and then more modern musicals. You know, sort of old like you know Guys and Dolls and that kind of stuff, and then all the way up to sort of more contemporary like you know Stephen Schwartz, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and you know that kind of stuff. Uh, so I was doing that, and then I was playing. I had a hip-hop band in college. I was playing in a Southern Baptist black church, which was a huge part of wow. <laughs> my development as a musician. Um, doing, you know, I played on a cruise ship that played cover tunes going around Boston <laughs> Harbor when I was in college. Sort of like everything and anything. I mean, I'm just a big fan of music. You know, if it feels good, it is good. That's sort of always been my philosophy, <laughs> even when I write. So. Yeah. And uh, and you did early in your career when you came out here. You started working at, at Remote Control with Hans, and I know a lot mm -hmm. of composers I've spoke with, you know, went that route. Um, would you say that writing additional music for a composer and learning the process that way? You say, would you say that's a great uh, learning, great way to learn the business and a great starting point, or was it more just kind of more about learning the, I guess, how the business works versus more of the art, artistic aesthetic side of it? Oh, I think it was all of the above, really. I mean, I, I think it, it, it's sort of like an invaluable opportunity. Uh, and, and the only way, I mean, it, it worked for me. Uh, I'm not sure that, you know, there's no one way to make, you know, to have success in this industry. But right. for me, it was sort of everything. It was, you know, aesthetic, story, how to, what to say, what not to say, um, you know, where to take chances, where to just, you know, sort of play it safe, all those things. You know, sitting in the room with Hans and other great composers like Harry Gregson Williams, Jeff Rona, John Powell. I mean, we just kind of, it was like, it was like an apprenticeship, you know, from heaven because you, you could just, you really got an opportunity to, to see how things were happening on so many different levels. And I was, I feel really fortunate and was fortunate enough to, you know, be invited into situations uh, 
you know, when I was very young and, and just, you know, to be a fly on the wall in certain meetings and to pay attention and to be asked to contribute either my piano playing or some writing or arranging or producing or recording. It was like, you kind of like, it was great. You had to be ready for anything and it was super exciting. And, you know, we took it very, very, very seriously. I know all the guys that have been through your do and did. Right, right. It really prepared us, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. It sounds like, and it sounds like it was focused on collaboration too, which I think is important. Well, completely because, you know, it's funny, we, we have to collaborate, you know, in this, in, it, with what we do. It's, mm. sort of, it's sort of the key to everything, even though we sit in a room with no windows most of the time, <laughs> you know, and have very little contact while we're writing. It's just, you, you know, ultimately, you know, usually your characters on screen are, are, you know, collaborating in the story they're in with the people on the set, with the director, with the producer. We're just part of a big, you know, team of people that's trying to create a singular product. You know? Right. And, and speaking of collaboration, uh, you, you've composed... Uh, you know, many scores to some of the most watched TV shows, uh, notably working on the three Ryan Murphy and uh, Brad Falchuk shows, Nip Tuck, Glee, and American Horror Story. So what's the, mm-hmm. the working relationship between you, Ryan, and Brad over the years? I mean, how does it, how did it start? How has it evolved um, between you guys? Well, I mean, I met Ryan, uh, PJ Bloom, who's a music supervisor, actually uh, was working with Ryan on Nip Tuck, and then they were looking for somebody to score the show, and uh, PJ remembers something I wrote, Ryan heard it, he responded favorably, and then uh, I met with them, and, you know, it was, uh, thank God, you know, they they took a chance on someone that didn't have any credits, and so we did that together, it was obviously successful, and then, you know, as other projects came up, you know, whether they were right or wrong, it just depended, um, you know, I would sort of, you know, Ryan was gracious enough to uh, give me opportunities to work on some of the other shows with him, and then, you know, he's got a pretty strong a voice that's, uh, you know, very inspiring and very inspired. So it was a uh, super fun, super uh, positive experience. And uh, does the composer slash uh, showrunner, does that relationship, I mean, I, I've heard other composers equate it to kind of a director, like on a movie set, director-composer relationship, but does that level of interaction or relationship change between, say, the start of the series, like during the pilot and the initial season versus kind of many seasons down the line, does that kind of relationship evolve or change at all? Of course. I mean, I think what, you know, you start out and it's like, you know, it's like going on the first date and having a cup of coffee. And then, you know, three years in, you know, you're either killing each other or loving each other <laughs> even more and having children. So I think like, uh, um, it's a, it, 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 it evolves in, in, you know, hopefully in a very organic way where you develop a shorthand, you develop a trust, you develop like a, a sort of a mutual respect and understanding and, and, you know, your aesthetic deepens as does your uh, personal and professional relationship. Absolutely. And, uh, so, I mean, one of the shows you guys worked on, uh, was Glee and it's, it's a show mm-hmm. known for its musical performances and it's really cool. You, you talked about working or having an inspiration for musicals. Um, I mean, what was the role of your music in a show and was it a challenge to find place for score in a show where singing was kind of the main draw? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It kind of, um, you know, it evolved sort of organically, yet at the same time it was a little bit, little bit of a challenge at the beginning to figure out tonally what the score was going to be. We tried a lot of different ideas, um, you know, while we were while they were editing the pilot, and I got to work on the pilot really very closely with them when they were shooting it. Um, but we tried a lot of different things, and, and ultimately it wound up sort of being 
a score that you could create inside the walls of a high school. That's sort of where it wound up. We tried, you know, I tried like bigger, broader, orchestral, you know, more electronic, more this, more that. But ultimately it was like what felt the most honest was creating a score that felt, you know, um, emotional in the sense that, you know, it was like the emotional uh, beats are just all solo piano. And I just imagined myself sitting in a high school, you know, uh, choir room like I did when I was a kid, you know, just <laughs> by myself or out on the stage before the rehearsal started playing, you know, some piano. And that's kind of, it wound up working against picture, you know, and then for the, um, for the more, uh, you know, for the sort of the kids and the fun stuff, we, it was like, oh, let's do a acapella group with, you know, and so we tried that and it was like, boom, worked. And then for Sue yeah. Sylvester, who's sort of like the, uh, you know, the, um, I don't know what what would you call her like the the, the uh, well she's the gym teacher but we you know that <laughs> this like high school marching band you know a la pep rally kind of like drum percussion core it, we, we threw that up against her and it was just everybody's like rolling on the floor so we just knew <laughs> we hit it and it's a very honest score in that way because it's so um, you know it's, it's so tied into that time in your life and that time in my life certainly right uh, and that's what it felt like when we were shooting the pilot we were like really this feels like we're back in high school because we were in these high school <laughs> theaters you know high, high school auditoriums filming it was great that's awesome <laughs> yeah um and then a completely different animal is american horror story which you know it's sure. star- it started the this anthology style of uh television which has yeah. taken off and everything is kind of in this vein now fargo and true detective mm-hmm. and um so, I mean, yeah. you started the series, uh, Mac, I think Matt Quayle, he did the last season Freak Show, but what, what, sure. yeah. what, what was it like scoring for an anthology series where you knew that each season was one storyline? Did you just treat it as kind of a th- three-act arc over the, the episodes, or did you take it kind of one episode at a time? Did you know the whole well, season out before? Thematically, we knew what the seasons were going to be doing for the most part. But yeah, we took it, it was sort of like, Ryan had a pretty strong idea of what he was, um, what he imagined the tone to be of mm-hmm. the season musically and, and aesthetically in other areas as well. So working from that, you know, it was like doing, an, it's like doing a new show or a new movie every season. You sort of, I mean, we develop strong themes and we know the characters are coming and work on those. And, and you know, Ryan likes thematic writing. So we would work on those very strongly at the beginning of the season and they would evolve, those themes would then evolve. Uh, but you know, it, it, every year was a totally different year. Like it was as if you, you know, were just starting out all over again. So same struggle, you, same, same victories and same defeats. <laughs> all of those. Yeah. So would you treat? I mean, you did Murder House, Asylum, and Coven. So would it was each? Would you say they're completely independent scores, or are they connected at all in any form form whatsoever? I think of them completely independently. I mean, I really do. Like mm-hmm. the the aesthetic and the approach and the characters, the story everything was totally different each year, you know? Um, I mean, I think murder house is a great score. It's modern. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's creative in the sense that I hadn't done any horror before that point. Right, and that right, was kind right. of, that was great. You know, it was really fun and, and really, um, exciting for me. Um, asylum was just like, go, you know, as dark and, disturbed as I could possibly go, but yet it was sort of a period thing. So we, right, yeah. it was fun. That was a super, that was a trip. And then, you know, Coven was obviously hugely, hugely successful. And, uh, that just was like a modern, you know, edgy synth pop horror score. It was awesome. Super fun and, and uh, all very different, you know, and, and fun to do, you know, cause you get to 
reach out in different areas. Oh no, that, that's great. Well. I mean, it's so awesome that uh, it's such a great concept too. I mean, just for not just for the music, but for the actors and the costume mm-hmm. design and the production design. I mean, I think it's a really awesome. Oh idea. yeah, yeah, super <laughs> great opportunities. Yeah, great opportunity to invent and, yourself again. Yeah. And uh, one of the, the most iconic parts of the show, of course, is the theme, which was composed by Charlie Clauser. And I always found that interesting that on some shows, a different composer does the title theme and that, you know, like Rolf Kent on Dexter or Danny Elfman on The Simpsons. Is there, sure. is there a reason for that? And as a composer working on the body of the show, do you embrace that theme or kind of ignore it? Uh, I mean, you embrace it in so far as, you know, it's identifiable with the show. Right. Um, you know, it just depends on different... Um, it depends, like different shows, you know, there's, it just depends how you're involved at a certain point. Like, I don't think that theme was done before I was going to do American Horror right, Story, yeah, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. Like, so it's really, it started in season one and it's, they adjusted a little bit each year, you know, but for me, you know, I was sort of, it wasn't, I wasn't certain that I was going to be working on the show. Mm-hmm. So I think it had been done by that point. And then at that point people loved it and that was it, you know, okay. and then. Other shows, you know, you come in on and it's the same situation or, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they will, someone else is going to do the theme and sometimes they've done the theme and they don't like it. So three episodes in, you change the theme. I mean, it's really, that's like one of those things where it really just depends. Just there, there's so many variables the theme, and the theme is a big deal. But uh, in the case of American Horror, um, they had been working on the main theme and main titles, you know, for promotional stuff, like way before we started. They may have had it done before they even shot the episode. I mean, it was so early. But uh, what a great theme, though, huh? Oh, it's. Incredible. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's, it sets the tone, you know, it's, and it's one of those great TV themes. You know, you hear it, you know, it's yeah. time for American Horror Story. <laughs> totally. Um, so at looking at kind of your body of work, and you've, you've done network television shows, and you've done cable shows, and um, does the different... I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're both episodic television, but, you know, network sometimes has longer uh, seasons and everything and probably different mm-hmm. scheduling. Does it uh, make a difference at all in your approach, whether it's a, a shorter 10-episode, 13-episode season versus a 20-episode season? Not really. I mean, every show is in every, every show is a show-by-show show basis and every episode is episode-by-episode episode in a way. So it really is dependent on the story, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes if there's a story that, you know, like damages, for instance, well, that's a evolution. That's like 13 episodes and you don't know where you're going to go. And, and so it's important to keep that in mind. But if you're doing, you know, something that's, you know, and even with Glee too, you know, we have story arcs that carry throughout the season. So we have themes that carry across, you know, multiple episodes, but then at certain other shows, maybe week to week, you know, it really just depends, you know, yeah. And uh, so what would, you, what would you say is the most challenging aspect of writing scores for television? Uh, time. Time. <laughs> that's always the answer. <laughs> or lack thereof. I, I, that's probably a universal answer. Yeah. I mean, I think it's time and, and, and learning. And sometimes, you know, when you start a new show, learning the language of the people you're working with, because True. everybody's yeah. got a different, everybody's, you know, word for loud is slightly different or, or the way they hear loud or they hear soft or they hear pretty or they hear, you know, sad is, <laughs> is slightly different. So I think it's learning how to you know communicate with the people you're working with uh, in, in a way that everybody feels comfortable and is getting, you know, um, sort of, you know, getting to a place where they feel the material is, is totally working. Absolutely. And uh, so how, how would you compare TV scoring to film scoring? Um, I think that, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's, it's different. Obviously you have, um, 
you know, you have a little bit more time in film, not always, but most <laughs> of the time. Um, you have uh, the story is sort of a finite thing, typically. So, uh, you know, thematically, um, you know, you can really dial in a little bit tighter, but not necessarily. And what else? And I think you just have way more time to like record music to, <laughs> to put in live musicians. It's very difficult. I think the biggest challenge is time. Yeah, you, know? you guys, and more and more too with technology. It's like you know we get we get crunched so hard now. I know they ex they expect it to be done. I think now in such a short amount of time, which is kind of <laughs> hurts you guys even more. It's like, well, you guys have the technology, just turn it out. You know? Yeah, it's like nobody quite understands. <laughs> what it takes to do it so then you do it really fast one week and they're like oh well he can do it that way and right like, oh shoot you back yourself into this you know this corner of uh sleepless nights you know <laughs> so looking uh forward what what projects uh can we expect coming up um it's a busy summer i'm doing uh the last ship on tnt right, with yeah. uh, jim dooley we're doing that together so that's on uh we're sort of halfway through the season right now which is exciting working on major crimes Brazilian Isles and the last season of Royal Pains as well. Wow, <laughs> busy, so, busy, busy schedule. <laughs> busy times. So, yeah. are you coming back for uh, American Horror Story Hotel, or is Mac taking taking the reins? For I that? don't, I don't, I haven't heard. I, I, I have a feeling Mac is probably going to do it, but I don't know exactly. I know Ryan's got a lot of different things going on, so okay, see, cool. <laughs> see what, see how everything shakes out. And uh, to to wrap up, I always like to ask composers this one question: if uh, if you could score any film ever made, pretending the original score never existed what film oh god what, what film would you choose <laughs> oh man that's tough because i like you know i can't think of the movies without the scores in them <laughs> yeah i know you gotta pretend what's your what kind of playground would you like to play in um you know i think like right now in this moment i i think it would change because i'm like a bit schizophrenic as a listener and as a as a as a listen, you know as someone right. watching movies i don't know i think um right now I mean, i'd love to do like a michael clayton kind of movie oh, but then wow. at the same time i'm like i'd like to do like a you know a fantasy action adventure movie you know like a you know a jurassic park or something like that it may be fun too so it really just depends just uh, just whatever the mood is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Jimmy, it was such a blast uh, chatting with you. I've actually been listening to your music, you know, since you started, so it's, it was a real pleasure and an honor. And uh, thanks, thank you. Thanks so much for your time. Great, thank you. Thanks so much.